54th ANC National Elective Conference. Everything you need to know. This is Eyewitness News. Hello and welcome again to the fourth episode of The Showdown, a podcast that gives you everything you need to know as we lead up to the ANC's elective conference. There's just a few days left now, so it's becoming a reality, Stephen Crotes, who's again joining me to unpack <laughs> the developments. It's becoming a reality. and I think Fearless it is here. Let's talk about something that's really, really been playing out recently, Stephen. This talk around unity. It's been spoken about previously but we're seeing it intensify a week before this elective conference yes and i mean there's sort of several agendas at play here and it's important to try and distinguish them it is entirely possible that uh, some of the people who are calling for unity are really basically wanting to use this as some sort of tactic it's to try and get their person into a slate if they think they're going to lose or it's to try and get their person into a dominant position on a slate if they think they're going to win um so there's that and then there is probably a large number of people who really want some form of compromise because they're very worried about what will happen to the anc if this is winner takes all and what happens to the loser essentially is the problem they realize how equally balanced this uh, particular thing is, at least on paper. And so what they're trying to do is, is, and I understand the push for it, is that people realize if the ANC splits, it would not be a COPE split or an EFF split. It, it has the potential to be a much bigger split. In Bladen Zamunde's words from last year, a year ago and a half now, he said, how do we know it would not be a wholesale implosion next time? And that's what people are really scared of. So that's what's driving it. But I think there's also a little bit of self-interest there as well. But the interesting thing, Stephen, is that it's being driven by one particular faction. Mm. And I mean, Paul Mashadile supports Cyril Ramaphosa, but he's probably one provincial chair who's mm. coming out strong on the unity thing. If you look at it, it's mostly campaigners of Nkosazana Tabini Zuma mm. and even President Jacob Zuma who have mm. been pushing vigorously for this. Does it tell us anything? Are they coming from a point of uncertainty? about what may transpire at conference? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And there are different ways to interpret this because, you know, you've got what's happening behind the scenes we don't know, and then you've got people's public behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's really been one of the trends of the year, of the year is the, the Nkosazana Dlamini side of things, sort of pushing for unity, pushing for some sort of compromise. And Ramaphosa, who just seems to be speaking to no one. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to announce my slate and I don't care about the rest of you, is really his stance. On the one side, I think he's slightly driven there by his own constituency who are demanding that he be the winner and that he take all. And by take all, they mean removing Zuma from office. And that's really the problem. And this gets to the, the real nub of the whole issue, the whole compromise issue, is that there are certain issues on which you simply cannot compromise. I mean, the first question that faces the new winner of the ANC, the, the new leader of the ANC next week, uh, if it all happens, is that there will be a request, there will be some sort of discussion about whether President Jacob Zuma stays in office or not. And so that is kind of a non-negotiable for, but, you know, but different factions will have different sides on this. And so how do you compromise on that particular thing? Either he stays or he goes. Mm. It can't be both. You can't make him deputy president or something like that. It's not going to work. Um, and so there are a series of really hard issues. What happens to the Guptas? What happens to economic policy? What happens to Malusi Gigabra at the Department of Finance? All of these things are difficult. You can't really negotiate or compromise around them. And that's why I've always thought the idea of a compromise doesn't really seem to be on the table in real terms because both sides have too much to lose and both sides won't really get what they actually want by compromising except to try and keep the ANC in power. Mm. Okay, let's take a listen to what Gauteng ANC Chair Paul Mashatile said on this issue of unity. When we talk about unity, it must be because we in the ANC want to work together. Uh, remember what we are doing, we are we are running away from slate politics. Mm. Uh, uh, we are running away from winner-takes-all approach. 
we have to continue to try to engage everybody. However, I did say that uh, in the absence of a agreement, you will then have contestation. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to contest all positions. It may well be that we will agree on, on the other positions. So the issue of engagement by leaders of various provinces is, is critical. So Stephen, Poma Shatile says unity is not particularly an individual. It must be a group of people that will work together. But let's look at it. The reality is if there's a compromise that is reached and Nkosa Zanadaminizuma is president and Cyril Ramaphosa is pushed to be deputy president, that's not really likely, is it? He served as a deputy president and he's already told Karima Brown that I've done my part as a deputy president, which came out as an indication that I wouldn't want to go back to that position. I, I, I must say, that was also my sense. I don't think he wants to stay in that position. Um, why go through all of this if it's not to become president? I mean, that's one of the big things you've got to ask. So what do you do? Go back to business when you lose? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you know, I think, I think there's a much bigger thing. I, I do think... And this comes back to the same point, is that there's really no point on either side to compromise. Um, and in a way, the problem comes down to this, is you've got people who, and you've got President Jacob Zuma, who many people believe is is sort of pushing in Kosozana Dlamini Zuma to try and stay out of jail um, and to stay in office for longer. And then you've got other people who believe they're fighting for the very soul of the ANC, or that's what they claim. The two are not compatible at the moment. That's surely how it is. So imagine, for example, a national executive committee that is the result of this compromise. Do they vote for Zuma? to go or stay? Do they vote to change economic policy or not? Do they vote to expropriate land or not? Do they vote for radical economic transformation or not? In the end, the result is paralysis. Now, paralysis in some countries may not matter very much. In Belgium, you can survive without a government for a couple of years while all the coalitions squabble. But in a country with the largest Gini coefficient, with inequality, with a slowing economy, and with so many people unemployed, what everybody needs is certainty. And paralysis is the almost opposite of that. The political space is opened up to such an extent that all sorts of people will try and push all their agendas, and there's no possible way to predict the outcome. We would get the opposite of what we need through a compromise that's being punted at the moment. What would a unity or a unified sort of leadership of the ANC look like? I mean, for the first time um, in the in the history of the ANC, we're going to have an election of a president, done. Mm-hmm. An election of a deputy president, done. That gives the opportunity for the elements of this unity to come into play. What would it look like? What kind of a united leadership of the ANC can help the party come out of this quagmire and possibly even win the 2019 election? So it's easy to propose names for a slate, but it's hard to give them positions. Mm. So you can say, you know, David Makura from Gauteng or Puma Shatile from Gauteng. And you can say someone from KwaZulu-Natal, which is going to be a real battleground for the 2019 elections, I think, for various reasons. Um, You can say all of these things and you can put out names. The problem really boils down to leader and deputy leader. In the end, someone's got to be in charge. And that person to really govern and to really sort out the problems in the ANC is also going to need a mandate. In other words, they're going to need uh, the support of people to do what they want to do. And they're not going to have that support if the result, if they're the result of a compromise. They're going to be someone that's acceptable, not someone who anyone wants. And that makes it hard to exert their will. I mean, this is the problem with, say, William Kizer being the compromise candidate, mm. is that he could be elected. He could very well do things that investors want, maybe. But that doesn't mean that he'll actually be able to get it done because he won't have the support that he needs. He'll be a weak leader. And the, and the result of this compromise would be the same problem. So to put it another way, imagine uh, you have a top six meeting or a top nine meeting that's pretty much along equal lines. What decisions could that meeting come to? None. Let's take a listen to 
political analyst Professor Mtebi Sintlechana on his views on this issue of unity? Well, you see, unity is a double-edged uh, argument. Um, in that, you you definitely do want the ANC to remain coherent. Um, you don't want uh, some people leaving uh, the party if their candidate does not win. Because if it leaves the party, if they leave the party, it means they will leave with some support and come 2019, the ANC will be a lot weaker than it is now. Uh, so you do want unity uh, insofar as that is concerned. But on the other hand, uh, the, the worry about the unity card is that it leaves things undefined. Um, because clearly the ANC has to take some serious decisions now, uh, not only in terms of policy, but in terms of leadership. Uh, they need a leadership that enables them to break with the status quo. Um, because they have lost 15% of their support in the last eight years. Uh, and that's partly because of the kind of leadership that they've had, the kind of problems that they've had. So if you say unity, by, by unity you are implying some measure of continuity with the current leadership, or it means bringing on board people who are associated with the current leadership, then unity doesn't help you uh, because you do not become comparative in 2019, right? Uh, but ultimately, though, there are people who who want uh, the two sides to um, to come together in one in some way, and I think uh, the most acceptable, really, uh, um, ticket would be Cyril, uh, President, and possibly Ngozi a Deputy. Uh, but Cyril, I don't think Cyril will settle for for the Deputy position. Um, you know, especially because there's, there's a lot of momentum for him to be President. Uh, previous practices of the ANC the Deputies have gone on to become President. And, you know, he served his time. Uh, he's a deputy president, so the expectation really naturally would be that he must become president. So unity would be viable uh, if it means, and it would be accepted by, by, by many uh, within the civil camp, if it means him becoming president and also than a deputy. Now, Stephen, what the prof is saying there is that it's actually still quite too early. Um, when you go to conference, that Friday and Saturday are going to be quite key for the negotiations for this possible united slate to even come out, eh? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think there's still a lot of negotiation to be done, and I think I think there's got to be a lot of talking behind the scenes. Um, what people have been doing up until now is trying to judge relative strength, and now they have that from the nominations process. Obviously, there's lots of, um, you know, sort of, uh, how do we put this, nonsense about the numbers, and lots of different spin on the numbers. But people are trying to work out strength, and I think they finally worked it out. And so now they're able to properly negotiate. Still, in public, though, Sir Ramaphosa is not negotiating with anyone, and that could look for the moment like a sign of strength, but later be revealed to be a weakness. Yeah. What are you looking out for at conference? I mean, there's a lot of things mm. that I, I enjoy, and I normally sit there in the front because when the president gets to the stage, I want to look at the delegates, how mm. are they receiving him? The interesting that, thing that happened at policy conference was that he was introducing and thanking all the top six officials, mm. and he mentioned Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. And a section of the crowd was mm. very excited. Dumalang. Yes. Mm. I mean, things like that are quite significant to watch out for at conference, aren't they? 
Yes, I, I mean, I think the vibe of the first day of conference and in the hall is the main thing. And one of the things that seems to be happening is that the ANC is going to have two kinds of accreditation for journalists like you and I. Mm -hmm. They're going to be those people allowed into the main hall and the rest. Um, and I think that's going to be an issue. And I think they know they're very aware that it's easy to judge the vibe. And it's not so much controlling the judging of the vibe. It's that I think they want to have as much control over what's going on in that hall as possible. Um, and that tells you the level of contestation as well. I mean, that's fascinating. It shows you it's such a big reveal that there's so much control about this. Um, and so what I think you're seeing is an attempt to sort of try and keep a very tight rein on who goes in, who goes out, how it's done, all of those things. But the vibe is going to be crucial. You will know from walking in almost immediately who's got the strongest support. Of course, what you've also got to be careful for in this ANC election above all others is that people might be keeping their cards very close to their chest. And so you might have delegations that sing for no one and they'll be in comrade unity. Thank you so much, Stephen. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you in episode five of The Showdown.